Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I'm Tracy Atsuka, and welcome to episode 13, lucky number 13, of ADHD for Smartass Women. Why do we love nonfiction so much? So I remember being an avid reader of fiction up until the age of probably 12. My parents would literally take my books away when I got into trouble. I would read in the dark. I would read under my covers. I was, oh, I don't know, deathly susceptible to car sickness, but I would even read while I was driving. I was so in love with reading, and I especially loved mysteries like Nancy Drew. So I read the whole Nancy Drew series. And then once that was done, then I read the whole Hardy Boy series. And I think that I loved mysteries so much because I could make all those connections. It was challenging. So around junior high school, I literally stopped reading other than what I had to read for school. And I've often wondered, why is it that a child who read so much, who literally lived and breathed to read, would one day just up and stop reading. And when I think about it, I think it coincided with my first struggles with working memory, not remembering things and not being able to speak in public without notes. And I don't know why I decided then that I wasn't going to read, but I do remember those things starting to happen. And this non-reading for pleasure went through high school, college, law school, graduate law school. I mean, clearly, I was reading so much for school that I didn't have time to read for fun, but I often wondered about it. So once I started practicing law, I wasn't reading for school anymore, right? And I started reading nonfiction, specifically around self-development. And even though I was reading nonfiction, I had this sense that a well-rounded person needed to have read the classics, right? And I remembered how much I loved fiction. And so I thought, well, maybe it's just because I had to read so much for school. So I'm going to try to read fiction now. I'm going to go through the classics because, you know, a well-rounded person needed to know the classics. And so what did I choose? (laughs) My first classic that I decided I was going to read was Anna Karenina, 
by Leo Tolstoy. It was 848 pages long. I just looked it up. I just remember it was this big honking book. Like I couldn't choose Catcher in the Rye or something that was just, you know, a little bit shorter. No, I chose Anna Karenina. And I think it literally took me a good six months to get through it. It was so painful. And I finished it and I thought it was a good book, but I just never felt like I could really get into it. It was something that I had to force myself to do. And then, you know, there'd be long stretches of time where I wouldn't pick up the book and then I couldn't remember who the characters even were. Like, I just literally had no interest. And I kept thinking, there must be something wrong with me. Like, how could I get through law school and graduate law school and I couldn't even read a classic? So when I started my first entrepreneurial venture, I started reading motivational type business books, you know, books about successful entrepreneurs, things that were, oh, I don't know, kind of self-developmenty, but around business. So authors like Tony Robbins and Michael Gerber and Stephen Covey and Jack Canfield, like, yeah, I read all those chicken soup crap books too. <laughs> and there was no problem at all there. But I never went back to fiction. And I've spoken with so many ADHD women, and there is definitely a preference for nonfiction. Now, when I went out into the interwebs and I Googled, you know, ADHD and nonfiction, I found one question that someone on Quora had posted. And the question was, if people who have ADHD read more nonfiction than fiction, and several people jumped on and commented and said that they didn't really believe there was any preference at all. And I'm here to say baloney on that, because we talk about it in our Facebook group all the time. And so far, so I posted a couple polls about fiction versus nonfiction. And so far in our polls, there is a very, very strong preference for nonfiction over fiction. And so I wanted to know from our members of our group why they prefer nonfiction over fiction. Because you know what my beliefs are by now, right? That every ADHD brain is unique and what works for one of us might not work for another of us. And so we all have our own unique ADHD puzzle. And the more we can put the pieces together, the better we become at kind of creating the scaffolding and workarounds for us that will eliminate our specific pesky ADHD symptoms. So I wanted to know from my ADHD women members and colleagues, why do you prefer nonfiction over fiction? Fran was one of the first to respond. She's a brilliant ADHD woman who has done so much, probably the most creative woman that I know. And this is Fran's comment. She likes nonfiction because you can skip around when you get bored, which you can't do with fiction. She only reads how-to books, self-help books, biographies, or books about politics. And I'm just like Fran. I have learned to never read a book front to back. I start on the chapter that I'm most interested in, and that sucks me in to want to finish the book, usually, unless it's a terrible book. I was really having trouble getting through books, and that all changed when I stopped feeling like I had to read a book in order. Like, I can start anywhere now, and I read what gets me interested, and then that motivates me to continue. Now, Crystal commented that books feel good, and feel was spelt with three E's and three L's and all in caps, and good, it, it was the same thing. She went on to say how sad it is to know that I will not have time to read all the books and know all the things. Plus, when I'm focused on a subject, I just can't get enough of it. I got to have every piece of media about that subject. 
Athena then piped in, I think reading fiction is a nice thought, but complete waste of time until I have learned all there is to learn in this vast, ever-expanding universe. Yes, it's insatiable. The hunger to learn. Yes, no one else I know seems to be like this. I have decided to pride myself on how absolutely movie illiterate I am. Who can sit still that long? I just love what Crystal and Athena said, and I can so relate to this. I'm interested in so much. And so sometimes it stresses me out to think how little time I have and how much information I want to cover. And then once I'm reading something that is so interesting to my brain, I pop into that hyperfocus just like Crystal and I can't stop. Now, we know that character strengths for many people who have ADHD are curiosity and a love of learning. But of course, we exhibit these strengths only in the areas where we're interested. So Carrie Ann said, I only read nonfiction books that are about something I need to know. Kelly responded, I read nonfiction to satisfy my curiosity and voracious desire to understand everything. I think it's linked to the ADHD strength of making connections and generating ideas. Nonfiction is the input for my idea machine. Wow, there's definitely creativity at play here, don't you think? Donna responded, I don't know why, so I'll have to think about it, but nonfiction is basically the only thing I read, and I love it so much, exclamation point. Sarah said, I had no idea that was a thing. I read nonfiction almost exclusively. I just find it much more interesting. Maybe it's because I live in my own fantasy world most of the time, and I need to escape with some reality, LOL. Rose commented, since reading requires so much energy and focus in order for us to read, we have to get something tangible, like learning something from it. Artie said, I want the truth instead of something that never happened. Reading is hard. By the way, Artie Artie is an attorney, and she also has taught at a university, but she still finds reading hard. So what Artie does is she suggests reading a book while also listening to the audiobook at the same time. Her mind wanders too much if she's just reading, and so she really felt that if she could be totally immersed in the reading experience, then she was a more successful reader. So she does both at the same time. She reads while she's listening to the audiobook. Diana sets a timer for 30 to 45 minutes to keep herself from hyperfocusing because she can start reading and then all of a sudden the whole day is gone. Christina says, this is funny by the way, I tend to read more nonfiction in past years because I don't have to invest as much time. When I get absorbed in a fiction book and someone interrupts me with trivial things such as eating, bleeding, or just in general needing something from me, I react like a vampire that just had a cross shoved in her face. So, Christina, that was funny. So then I asked, if you read nonfiction, why do you read? Is it for knowledge or is it for recreation? And the responses were fascinating. So 33% of our members said they read strictly for knowledge. The other two-thirds said it was for both knowledge and recreation. I think one person said she read only for recreation. So here we have Crystal again with all of her exclamation points. This is too hard, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I don't know why I read. I mean, really? I say it's for knowledge, but is it really? Or maybe it's just because my brain has to be moving and it feels good to read when I can. So that's recreation, dot, 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 because it's, open quote, 
for fun, close quote. (laughs) The worst parts of my life have been while not reading, Crystal goes on, and learning things. I would read the back of the cereal box because I was bored. Statistically speaking, I think we're happier when we're on personal development of some kind. So which is that? Is that recreation or is that just for knowledge? Learning new things is recreational for me. And then she has the emoji with the sunglasses on. Jennifer responds, ditto the comments about always curious. And so reading for knowledge is fun. Is is a big I and a big S. I read everything, fiction, nonfiction, shampoo bottles, really anything print in front of me. Love, love, love learning more about everything, exclamation point. And then Katie piped in, and Katie always has something wise to say in our group. Katie responded with this, I don't read for recreation, period. I read for knowledge, period. If you think about it, reading is a kind of telepathy. It allows you to have the thoughts of others. I choose with extreme care the ideas I let inside my head in the same way I check expiration dates on food and supplements. Katie continues, I research authors. I verify peer reviews. I never read data on paper. I have a process that works to make nonfiction stick. I write down what needs to be remembered and I say it out loud. I have bullet points, seven words or less. I go back and I repeat the process before bed. Most of the time, it works. When I heard that, I was like, Katie, that's it. That's the bullseye for me. I don't read for recreation. I read for knowledge. Because you know what? I don't recreate. I know that's sad, but it's true. And I don't think I recreation or recreate because I am always having so much fun learning. So maybe Crystal's right. You know, I'm constantly learning something new. I'm getting knowledge. And that is so much fun for me that it's one and the same. I read for knowledge and I read for recreation. Anyway, I just feel like I figured out another piece to my puzzle. Jamie now added, (laughs) this is funny too. I tried fiction last year for the first time in years and it made me angry. I'm back to nonfiction. That said, there were several women I'm thinking of Angela and Tara and Leah and Bellu, who they don't read nonfiction because they find it boring. I hope I'm not massacring these names. Jana and Makia say they go into hyperfocus with fiction and they neglect their life and they don't sleep if it's really good. They're just like Christina, right? Debbie agreed and she added that if it's a good fiction book, she can't put it down until it's done. So let's do a little recap and figure out some workarounds for reading. Number one, don't feel like you need to read a book cover to cover. Start with the chapter that interests you most. Then use that interest to motivate you to finish the book or at a minimum, read more of the book than you would have had you started reading at the beginning. I don't know why it is, but often the first chapter is really boring. It's just not as good as the rest of the book. You'd think they'd want to, you know, tap us in there, but it's not always true. Number two, Think about trying an audiobook. You know, when my ADHD got really bad, like kind of in my mid-40s, I found myself buying a lot of books because I was so interested in the subject, but I couldn't read them. I couldn't get through them. I couldn't do more than skim the table of contents and maybe start the first chapter, but I would never finish the book. That's when I discovered audiobooks, and suddenly I was reading a book a week. I would work out in the morning with 
an audiobook. And, you know, if we talk about the whole John Rady Spark exercise and what it does for your brain and how you can learn so much better when you're exercising, it kind of makes sense. When I was working out, I could be listening to the audiobook and things would stick better. So anyway, you know, when I started working out in the morning with an audiobook, it really added to my positive frame of mind and my knowledge in so many areas. Then when I gave myself permission not to start at the beginning of a book and instead just start at the chapter I was most interested in, I could suddenly read again. Number three, read the book while you listen to the audiobook. Like I think it was Ari said, you know, if you struggle with focus and getting through a book, do it at the same time. Read the book while you listen to the audiobook. Now for me, I will sometimes do that when it's something really important that I need to read. And then I will also piggyback on that, taking notes and highlighting and bringing in flags. And I don't know if you all know about the gel highlighters, but I'm addicted to them. So they're kind of like wax. So they don't seep through the page and I can't even read anymore without one of those gel highlighters. Number four, if you're worried about hyperfocus taking over and getting nothing done for the rest of the day, allow yourself to read as a reward for getting something done that was difficult for you to get done. And then set a timer and stick to it. I want you to pay attention to how you feel when you stop rather than just kind of getting into your mind and just continuing to go. And when you stop, what happens is you realize that you can control your actions. Don't you feel happier when you feel like you can control your actions and you can stop when the timer goes off? Just pay attention. Always pay attention to how you feel. And the number five is Katie's workaround. Write down what needs to be remembered and say it out loud. Bullet points, seven words or less, and then go back and repeat the process before bed. I bet you you're going to have a much better time of having those, what you read, stick in your brain. And I guess that's for nonfiction, not fiction. Anyway, that's what I have for you for this week, short and sweet. I would love to know if you're a nonfiction reader as well, or are you more into fiction? Anyway, you're listening to ADHD for Smart Ass Women. If you like what you're hearing, I would so appreciate if you'd drop us a review. If you'd like to know more about me, our patent-pending cartography system that teaches you how to align who you are with what you do, or if you've got a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and click on podcast in the navigation bar. You're going to see a little microphone to your right where you can leave me an audio message. You can also reach out to me at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week. <laughs>